Hello, hello, you found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. I wanted to remind you that we will be taking a hiatus from December 12th through the beginning of January, and we will miss talking to you then, but as I said last time, hopefully there will be enough Christmas cheer that you won't miss us too much. Today we have so many topics to go into. I hope we get to them all. Oh, yeah. Let's see, what was our first one? Was it the climate? The climate summit and what coalesced at the end, or actually after the end of that. Mm-hmm. And Something about Biden's mandates. Biden's mandates being put on hold by the Fifth Circuit Appellate Court. Those circuits always confuse me. Someday I'm going to have to <laughs> do a deep dive on what those circuits are about. And an article that I read from the New York Times about the Republicans being driven to violence Mm -hmm. by their assumptions about how the world is working these days Mm -hmm. and how the country is working Mm -hmm. and how that bleeds into the idea of self-defense that's being proposed in both the Kyle Rittenhouse case and the Ahmed Arbery case in Brunswick, Georgia. Georgia. So climate, they just ended? Yes. What I heard was that John Kerry walked in with Xi Zhengyao, the person who was negotiating for China. Okay. That they walked in to the end. I guess they went over the time that the conference wrapped up, so some people stayed later. Is that what happened? I don't know about the aftermath factor. I just know that I guess it was after they were supposedly finished. Some agreement was reached where they actually agreed, all the signatories, to say that fossil fuels coal in particular, need to be reduced. Phased down as opposed to phased out. Right. But even phased down, I didn't know this was the first time in 26 years that they've even found agreement to say that. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. And I guess the two countries who said that it should be down and not out were India and China, if I'm remembering right. I don't know about China. I do know that India was one of the main entities. It's an imperfect agreement they came to, apparently, because it doesn't really say what we need to do and doesn't go far enough, but I took it as something hopeful, that at least they crossed a barrier that they hadn't been able to do. And they have to come back in a year and show what they've done. One thing that I heard from someone who was something of an expert on climate, I wish I could remember his name, but I can't, said that we're going to miss the 1.5 degrees Celsius mark. If we work hard, we will keep it down to 2.0. And that's going to be And even that is bad. Yeah. Like you said, if it happens to affluent white people Right. It will and it's starting to. We had those floods in Germany, and on the news hour today on Sunday just ran a whole thing about how in Portland, Maine, they're having flooding on a regular basis. They're expecting 100 days of the next year to have the ocean overflow its barrier and flow into the streets of Portland. And it's not like a tsunami. It's They showed pictures of it happening because it's happening right now as well. And it's just a little bit of water. It's a few inches of water okay. covering the streets and the parking lots. So it's not like a deluge exactly, but 100 days. That means one out of every three days, they're going to have this. So maybe it will scare people. We have to be scared straight. We do. We have to be so scared. And there are many scary things going on in the world that Mm -hmm. are distractions. Right. But this is really the scariest thing. It's so foundational because none of the other problems can be addressed if we can't eat and breathe and drink water. It really comes down to there will be a surplus of seawater and a lack of fresh fresh water. water. I remember Randy Rhodes years ago saying, once we get past this oil crisis, the next crisis is going to be water. Mm -hmm. And I believe that. Yeah. There's always been fights in California about the water use and what piping it down to Southern California for us to drink versus Versus letting the farmers use it in the Central Valley. 
But I think this is going to be something more catastrophic in terms of having enough water to drink. Especially if the droughts continue and if the flooding remains where it's already wet, then that won't help us. One silver lining, I think, is that it's going to force us, us being the Northern Hemisphere countries, to engage with and help third world countries that aren't equipped to deal with this and that are being affected more rapidly than we are, island nations and things like that. There was some kind of a chart that said that the United States is responsible for 24 percent of the greenhouse gases Mm -hmm. that are put into the air on an annual basis. And China is behind us at 13 Mm percent. Then there's little Iran Mm -hmm. and all of these other countries that are responsible for about 5 percent altogether. Mm -hmm. And they're getting the worst of the climate change. Oh, right. African countries with droughts and no water for their farming or flooding. Yeah. It's catastrophic. And they may be also more dependent for the time being anyway on fossil fuel. That's right. And that's what they keep saying is you guys got your chance. We have the luxury of choosing. Yes. But they want to increase their productivity. Right. And we did that through fossil fuels. Right. So now we're telling them, oh no, you can't use that. Isn't it something? It's like colonialism never ended. We're still treating the Southern Hemisphere as our colonies. It's telling them what they can and can't do. Well, the geopolitical picture in Africa is terrible. It's really terrible. So that's another reason the climate affects the economy, the economy affects the political picture, Mm -hmm. the political picture then becomes more autocratic and so on and so forth. And it just is one big snarl. It's tough. I don't mean to be Pollyanna, but I'm glad that they at least came to some agreement that went further than they have gone in the past. Who was it who said too? It was Howard Dean, I think. He said they shouldn't be holding the climate summit in a fancy hotel in Glasgow. They should hold it in a forest that's on fire in California. Yeah. He said if they did that, they'd come to their agreement in two minutes instead of in 30 years. He's right. I always liked Howard Dean. Yeah, yeah. He's fun. Now, what was the next thing? We could do COVID. Oh, why don't you introduce that? This is the Fifth Circuit thing? Yeah. Biden had all these wins of courts upholding his ruling, whatever it was, executive order or something, that employers of 100 people or more must do a vaccination. Because of OSHA. OSHA was the entity that he put in place. That's right. And apparently there's a mechanism in the OSHA regulations. Normally you couldn't do that. It would be an overreach to to be telling companies what they can and can't do in terms of policies for the employees. But there's a carve out for when there is a situation of grave danger. And so that was the clause that he used to put this in place. And I think it was being challenged in different courts and, and he was being upheld. But then it got to the Fifth Circuit Court, which is headquartered down in Louisiana, I think. New Orleans. And I guess it's a very conservative conservative circuit court. And they said it was egregious overreach. And they said, there's no evidence that we're looking at a situation that involves grave danger. How can they say that? 750,000 people have died. Yes. And they don't call it a grave danger. And it's so highly contagious that you can get it just by inhaling. Oh, that Delta virus is tremendously contagious. And all around the world in Europe now. They're having a lockdown lockdown again. Vienna's doing something fabulous. I thought of you because we were saying that you should do this. I just saw the news today. It's spiking so badly in Vienna that they're putting in a vaccine mandate. And if you are not vaccinated, you are not allowed to leave your house. Great. You you can go out for certain things. Like there's certain exceptions, Uh but just for necessity, but 
you can't circulate. Good. I think it's just about getting groceries and going to the doctor, okay. stuff like that, getting provisions. But they're limiting movement. That's fantastic. For people that don't have the vaccine. So that way they so can make their own it. choice. Just stay home. And I guess we're not the only country that's having trouble with people who are resistant to getting the vaccine. I know. There are other countries as well. It's so bizarre. They mentioned Romania apparently has like 30% of their population is immunized. It's crazy. I think in, the, in Eastern Europe, the rates are lower than in Western Europe, but apparently the rates are really skyrocketing. Well, Germany is having another spike. They said Germany's in really bad shape, which is surprising because they seem like they'd be on top of everything. They're so into technology. I know. They're so organized. Yes. Fastidious. And Angela Merkel <laughs> is so strong in her yeah. mandates. It is a disease of the unvaccinated now. Right. Even in other countries. It's so strange to think that other countries have doubters. But this is, I guess, the radicalization of our judicial system that happened during the four years of Trump. Every week they were putting more and more judges in place. And these people are politically motivated. They don't care how many hundreds of thousands of people die. They want to stick it to Joe Biden. Trump didn't care. No. He didn't care at all. I just don't get it. How you can say this is not a grave danger. How do you say that with any credibility? I don't know but I know that it's supposed to go to another circuit which is also conservative. I don't know but they are saying too that it will land in the Supreme Court at some point and I guess they've decided in favor of vaccination mandates so far with the cases that have reached. Yeah. But you never know because they're half of them now are appointed by Trump and they are politically beholden. I know. They're political hacks so take that (laughs) Sam Alito. (laughs) And now Brett Kavanaugh is a swing vote so Oh I know he's the voice of reason. Uh, Violence? Violence. Republican Party? The article that I read talked about both the language and the tolerance for violence in the Republican Party, which I just want to point... it's more than tolerance. It's encouragement. It's encouraged. It's very much encouraged. What they said was that here's this Paul Gosar who... Oh, yeah. Did a little cartoon of... Of... Sticking swords into AOC. Joe Biden and killing AOC. Right. Oh, he said, oh, that's being taken too seriously. Mm-hmm. It was just meant as a joke. Right. But think about Kathy Griffin and what right. she went through. Oh, I know. Just I for know. having ketchup, ketchup on a mask, mask of, yeah. of Trump. And she was roundly dismissed yeah. from the business for years. Right. No, I think it's a real danger. I think it goes beyond it being politically offensive that we can handle. But I think the embrace of violent means to get your point across and to act in a way that undoes the democratic process is a serious problem. And I don't know that it started with January 6th, but I think that that is the emblem that everybody turns to to say, well, look at what happened January 6th. We had to do that. The election was being stolen. We had to raid the Capitol. That was their big wet dream, though, that Bannon message on January 5th. Things are going to be wild. Yeah, yeah. With his eyes just aflame. A, a oh, I didn't know? see that. Oh, yeah. There's video of him doing it. The other funny thing, though, is the other day they showed video of Bannon doing his podcast. I guess they videotape it. Oh. And as he was doing it, he has a TV behind him doing the news. And the Chiron on the news said, Bannon indicted <laughs> <laughs> for contempt of Congress. <laughs> this was happening right behind him. <laughs> That's so wild. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Well, I'm so glad that he got indicted. That's the great greatest news since but Trump's been encouraging violence since he started he would do the thing at his rallies about the reporters and he was going to punch him in the face and, and anybody who was a protester right you know in, in the, the good face. old days we'd send him out on a stretcher right it's so weird it's so outlandish that it's hard to take it seriously but we have to take it seriously because it could get much worse 
Just the language is right. so hyperbolic yeah. that I can't help but believe that it would lead to a violence. Right. Because how can you speak that way without somehow it affecting your limbic system? Well, this is systematic and it's being done purposefully. And they are trying to gin up their base, whatever you call them, their party faithful to be violent. Well, I think that they're ginning them up to have another January 6th. Yeah. If the election doesn't go the way that they want it to. Right. I really do. Yeah. That's it's- what I'm afraid of. Yeah. It's going to be wild, like you said. Yeah. It's going to be worse than that. Why should anything disqualify anybody in yeah. the Republican Party? Because it now you can disqualify... make death threats against fellow Congress people, and it's well, okay. Look at Marjorie Taylor Greene and yeah. what she does. She did her thing with guns, and she has no restraint because she has no committee <laughs> assignments. There, who put out the ad? It was Sarah Palin, wasn't it? A while back, they put those you know those target signs. She put them on Democratic that was, faces, and Gabby Gifford was one of them. Right, and she, and she was got shot. shot. Yes, so it's absolutely. not brand new, and it's not even new with Trump. It's been laying the groundwork for a long time. That's right. To me, honestly, Sarah Palin was the... The canary in the coal mine? No, I was going to say she was the landing strip, but that's not good imagery. <laughs> she was the forebearer of yeah. Trump. She was the test case. Yes, right. She was the test test marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And She was the focus group. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she had all those words that didn't yeah. mean anything, that word salad right. that she always used to use. Yeah. And the glorification of ignorance. Exactly. Makes you wonder. There's been this ongoing thing about gun rights, and it's always been positioned around the right to self-defense, the right to own a firearm. But now you see, that's not what they've been looking for. They've been looking for freedom to use their guns to force political rule on others. Well, did you hear that one guy at a rally say, when do we get to use our guns? When do we finally start to kill Democrats? Right. And the person who was talking to him kind of calmed him down a little bit, but he said, that's the way they want you to think. It wasn't, no, no, we can't talk about that that right. way. We can't have that kind of rhetoric. And you needed John McCain, remember, when he stood up to the yes. person who was spouting out stuff about Muslims, and he just said, no, he said, she's, um, she's an American. I'm afraid because Barack Hussein Obama is a Muslim. Right. And he, and he said hates no. this country, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're looking for armed takeover, you know. Well, they're looking for a fight, which leads us to the self-defense idea yes. that is being touted in both of those trials. Both right. Kyle Rittenhouse, which the judge seems to be also in line with, mm-hmm. that I said this before, the people who were shot cannot be referred to as victims, but they can be referred to as rioters and looters. If it's proven that they were engaging in that activity. I did hear that part of it. So I think they probably oh. can prove it. But I did hear that, which softened it a little bit. Okay. Well, I don't know if they were or not. Yeah. I mean, they were certainly... I watched a lot of the trial. The judge is a nut. He's crazy. Yeah, it's weird. Did you hear Rittenhouse crying on the stand? I saw it. How did it look? Because it sounded so fake. It looked real. Did it? To me, it did. Okay. I think it was real. Okay. But I don't think it was remorse. I think it was remorse at getting caught. Yes. You know, and remorse at being called on his vigilante, wacko destructiveness. That's the thing that ties it to what we were talking about before, is this glorification of white men with guns. And you don't have to be a police officer anymore. No. You just have to buy a gun. Or you don't even have to buy it. You can have your friend buy it because you're too young to buy it. But as long as it's in your hands and you're at a And you've inserted yourself into an event where there's chaos. Where you have no business. And once you're there, you might as well be a policeman. Why do we even have 
a police force. Yeah, all you need is a gun, and suddenly you're legitimate, and people get to claim self-defense. And that's that whole idea of this paramilitary movement right. that's going on now. Yeah. That it is a bunch of guys with guns. That's who showed up at the Capitol. Right. It's these white people who feel like something's being taken from them. I think they're just freaked out that the demographics of the country are changing. They are, but I heard somebody describe it, and I thought it sounded pretty on point. They have convinced themselves that the Democrats are really socialists and communists and that they want to destroy the country. Right. And what we want to do is take down the structures that have held elites in place right. and give it to the working class people. Right. But they see... To whom all of these crazy Republicans belong. Belong. Yeah. But they see us as elites because right. we're and well we're educated. Something foreign because they they don't know what socialism is. But it's but a they word. Fear it. It's a dog whistle word for they them. They fear it. Yes, it's bad and it's other. I'm starting getting fired up. But they'll fight just as hard if you say you're taking away their social security, which is socialism. That's right. It's or there's Obamacare. Right. Which they don't call Obamacare. They, they finally stopped calling it that because they're still all signing up for it. <laughs> Yeah. And with the Ahmed Arbery case, these men who went hunting for oh, him. Oh, yeah, same. In a pickup truck with a him, rifle. Yes. Yeah. Provoked him into a fight and yeah. then said, I had to kill him because I was afraid he was going to take my rifle and because shoot me with it. Because he's black. Yes. In that case... I think S. Rittenhouse killed white people, but still, it was at a demonstration against an injustice against, against yes, police violence against a black against guy. Jacob Blake, yeah. What do we do? I mean, it's so outrageous and it's so enraging. I don't know what solutions are on a societal level. How do you come to terms with a big slice of the population that has this inferiority complex that's driven them to feel that violence is their best solution? I don't know. That's why it's important for our government representatives mm -hmm. to show some solidarity, yeah. which they're not doing. But right. that would be a huge step oh, that's if they right. would do that. That's but right. Because they're still coddling the violence. Yes. In Congress. Yes, they are. Yeah. They're as complicit as anybody. I guess Trump was interviewed this week and he was asked about the hang Mike Pence thing. Uh-huh. You know, and he says, oh, well, I understand it. You know, they were, they were angry. angry. They were angry. And so that furthers it too. Yes. That's violent talk. To me, that's like yelling fire in the movie theater. Mm -hmm. But nobody calls him on it. Well, I think he wanted Mike Pence murdered. So I think, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a good thing as far as he's concerned. <laughs> he would have had uh, another running mate. When, I think that's oh, our, our political our list? Our okay. political gap fest. Cool. This weekend, I saw Spencer, which is the Kristen Stewart movie directed by someone who I believe is either French or Spanish. It's her playing Diana. Oh, Spencer. She plays Diana. I was thinking Spencer Tracy, and I just thought, well, that's interesting. I, I first <laughs> thought it was Spencer for hire, so there you go. I thought of that too. <laughs> she plays Diana in this very brief window of time where she went with Charles and their sons to Christmas at one of the manses. Balmoral or something. One of those. She essentially has a nervous breakdown in the course of this, this, holiday celebration. this holiday celebration. One of the things is you go in, and I believe it was Queen Victoria who instigated this, you are weighed. And if you don't gain three pounds when you're weighed on the way out, that means you didn't have a good time. <laughs> And, of course, with all of her eating and her disorders bulimia. and everything, yeah. was just so painful to watch it. Oh, gosh. But I love Kristen Stewart. This 
is a very mannered version of Diana that I don't believe has any real bearing on the outward Diana, although it may certainly be a version of her internal struggle. Okay. I think that she probably had more than one very close calls with a complete nervous breakdown mm-hmm. during the time that she was deciding to divorce Charles and maybe right. after that. Right. I don't know whether to recommend it or not. It's a strange movie. Mm. And there's some fantasy in it. Right. It's kind of a horror movie in certain ways because the family is so horrible to her and she's struggling with her eating disorder. She's a wonderful mother to her children, which is all that keeps her sane. I was entertained by it. Not a ringing endorsement. Not a ringing endorsement. I appreciated it. Mm -hmm. I was glad that I saw it. Mm -hmm. I certainly felt that if you're going to watch Diana struggle with the royal family, that the crown did it very well in the last season. I didn't feel that it gave me so much more than I had already experienced with Diana. Right. It didn't reveal anything new. It didn't, except it it really showed you that her pain was very visible and very palpable. Right, right. But it's it's limited to this one incident. So I guess they're taking that as a like a prism of the larger difficulties that she has. Yes. And she manages to overcome them as right. well. But it's not a pleasant experience not to watch read. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like I said, I was glad that I saw it. I enjoyed Kristen Stewart's performance. I think it's very divisive. Do you think she did a good job capturing the mannerisms and the whatever the vibe? She of, came across of... as a princess. She okay. did. She definitely got a lot of things right. She doesn't look like Diana. So okay. I kept going back and forth about whether it was the right interpretation or right. whether it was really Kristen Stewart doing Kristen Stewart as Diana. Yeah. I just kept going back and forth. Do you know if it was an American production or a European one? It was a European production. Oh, okay. There were so many production companies involved with this oh. It was unbelievable. I don't know how it will do. I have a feeling that it's not going to be a smash hit because it's such a strange film. Is it a theater release? or Yes, it's theatrical. You saw it in a real theater? Yeah, I did. I did. I'm sure it'll be streaming soon enough. Right, right. One of the reasons that I wanted to see it was because it was in a theater. Right. That's all I'll say about that. But if you're a fan of hers, I I think it's very much worth your while to see it. I just don't know that she has that many fans who are my Mm -hmm, age, frankly. mm -hmm. I think they tend to be younger than me. So I'll leave it at that. Cool. It's time to say goodbye to our all friends. All right. All right. Well, goodbye, Boomer friends, and we will be back in your ears in a week. Adios. See you Bye-bye. soon. Bye.